Joining us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line, the uh, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. David, how are you? Hey, David. Wait a second. Are you going to get to call an NC attorney game? Um. Well, I I hope so. I did last year. Um, and then, uh, but they need to, you know, they need to take care of some business down the stretch here for sure. Like, are they favored? Uh, they're favored tonight. I think two and a half point favorite. Yep. And I, can they? Well, like, can they get in? Can the conference get two bits? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it would be. It would. It would. Utah State would be the only team that could get a second bid. Their computer numbers, their net, and their Ken Palm numbers are good. If they run the table the rest of the way, and tonight is about the only game that could get them, um, if they if they continue to play well, and then if they win a game or two in the tournament, they'll be fine. They'll get in. All right, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, it's funny how the NBA works. Last week at this time, it was all gloom and doom. Now, Jazz have won three in a row, and we can talk about NBA Finals again. It's crazy how this roller coaster goes. Okay, but what I told you last week <laughs> I know. was I didn't think we were 14-1. and one, And I didn't think we were lost five straight or 12-1. and one. So we're 17-6 and six since we added Jordan Clarkson. We have the number one offense in the league, but I don't think we've played any of the top five defenses in that time period. So that's a, probably a little inflated. We're the 13th ranked defense but we've played most of the top offenses in the league, so that's probably a little too harsh. But it's And we're pacing to win 60 games, and that's probably a little too aggressive. But it gives you kind of a ballpark, larger sample size of 23 games of where we are. I, I want to know, David, in this, this three-game stretch that the Jazz are currently on, what's the most impressive win to you, the, the Trailblazers, the Rockets on the road, or the Mavericks on the road? Oh, I think the Rockets win is the most impressive because of the comments by Mike D'Antoni after the game, where he said, if we play like that, we'll be fine, which is basically saying we gave them our best shot and it just didn't happen that night. Like, I mean, obviously it took a incredible shot by Boyan, but also they were trailing all night. Um, I thought Ron Boone had a fascinating point about the Rockets, that their unique style, in his opinion, actually means they're working less hard than most teams because they'll play isolation. They're not running around as much. They're switching defensively. And so they're, and they had kind of worn out the Lakers, if you go back to the Laker game. I mean, I think the Lakers need this all star break as badly as any team, maybe in the history of the NBA. I think they just are on empty right now. Um, but the, but in that, I mean, the Lakers, I think, went 4 of 20 shooting in the fourth quarter against the Rockets, and the Rockets had all this juice and energy. And so for that, the Jazz to play from behind against that team all night and then pull ahead I thought was really impressive. So I, I think the Houston wins. Uh, I mean, Portland was shorthanded in the first half. The Jazz were terrible. I mean, maybe the worst they've been all year. Um, and last night, Dallas is really, really good offensively right now. Um, the best the game's ever seen. But... They're terrible defensively, um, and I and I thought Chris Epps was terrible defensively, particularly yeah. in the first half. So um, I thought the Jazz. I thought the, I thought that that's a, that's a good win. It's both those wins are super important because we're playing both those teams only three times. That's a good so point. Houston, Houston, we've now tied the season series and have the last game at home, the second game back from the All Star break, and the um, and the. Dallas, we've won the season series and have our last game there in April. 
I uh, I love Quinn Snyder because from a standpoint of always hunting mismatches, and boy, he made uh, Przingis look bad, as you mentioned, that first half. I mean, getting him in the pick and roll, I mean, it was just a nightmare for Dallas. Oh, I've got to call Adrian. Um, I have a I like to put together little video highlight packages, and I got to get Adrian to see, and I meant to tell him at the time, and I'm, I forgot last night, so it might be too much of a pain. But Boyan goes one-on-one on Porzingis. The first time he drives right and beats him to the rack. The second time he drives left, and the third time he hits a three over the top of his head. It was like, oh, my gosh. How many ways can you punch a guy in the gut? Jeez. Obviously, uh, Mike Conley sat down for the back end of a back-to-back, and watching Emmanuel Moutier and Jordan Clarkson pick up the slack was a thing of beauty, David. Is that, is that something that can be reliable if you had to go stretch without Mike? Um, I thought those. I mean, I thought the most impressive thing is how well, like Emmanuel played the game right. Like he went, he reverted back to being the new Emmanuel Moutier, not the one that kind of came from New York and played in Denver. Uh, I, he was just terrific. What a great story for him to do that at home, and his life story just wows me. Um, and we talked about it a lot on the broadcast last night. He's, I mean, that's just that's like I, I actually um, was running late for the bus. I wanted to meet his mom. I wanted, I wanted to hunt out his mom and. For those who don't know the story, Emmanuel's dad drops dead. Uh, he's at a barbecue, and he faints, and he hits his head and dies. Emmanuel is one, his sister's eight, and his brother's three. They're in the midst of the Congan Civil War. Like, we don't talk, like, we, oh, it's Congan Civil War. Like, Americans just like, yeah, what, like, I think the number's 5.4 million people were killed. So if you read the Chris Mannix Sports Illustrated article, they talk about, like, walking through charred bodies and, like, just things that blow our mind, and they're in, it's not safe. Like, the schools are closed. It's not safe enough to get your kids to school. Basically, it's, you know, it's lawlessness. His mom flees the Congo, leaving the three kids behind to get to the United States, where her sister lives in Fort Worth, Texas, to try to create a life in America to then claim asylum for her children. And she does. And she brings these three kids to America. And um, she works, I think she was working three jobs, speaking no English, worked as a nurse's assistant in an assisted living center to start. And we can guess like what that job is. Um, And, you know, Fat called Congo every night to talk to the kids. But, like, can you imagine Emmanuel? They don't know if they're ever seeing their mom ever again. Could you imagine how I mean, we both have, we all have wives, right? Could you imagine your wife leaving her kids because the environment they're in is so desperate that the better move is to flee, I think, literally on foot to another country and hope one day you see your kids again? Like it's just an insane. It's in, it's so mind blowing, and so for him to do that at home in front of his mom and um, was great. And he's just you know he's such a great kid. David Locke, play by play voice of the Utah Jazz, right here on the uh, Zone Sports Network. Uh, by the way, credit on that last call on the uh, boy on three, tremendous call. I mean, I, I mean you kind of live for those moments, but uh, but but walk us through that from your perspective. Oh, I don't know. Like I mean, I I. It happened. I mean, I mean, you can like you as a play-by-play announcer know what went through my mind, right? Like, oh my gosh! And then I had to kind of revert back and then kind of say what had happened because I was going crazy. Um, and you know, I think that's when you hear me switch back to 
you know, 30 feet away, contested two defenders on him, jazz win. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, my favorite text was, uh, Bill Orm, uh, uh, the writer now for the Lakers, former Celtic Tribune writer, good friend, um, has really written some incredible stuff on Kobe recently. So I had just sent him a text recently that said like, I'm glad, you know, tragic situation, but it's cool that your brilliance is being shown. And he texted me back and said, if you ever stop being yourself, I will kill you. So I guess that's what that was, because I'm sure that there's no broadcast school in any university anywhere. <laughs> and my wife, my wife is a graduate of the best broadcast school in the country. I'm 100% sure that they are not showing that brought that call or using that call as an example for anything, but they won't do that with any call I ever have. That had to have been a, almost another moment like that last night when Rudy Gobert takes that spin off Porzingis and puts in a double-hand slam and just changes tides and grabs momentum and, and, and does what he does. Take us to that moment and what that meant to the outcome of that game, David. Uh, honestly, last night we're so far away you can't – I, I, there's no chance to have that same – moment as a play-by-play announcer you're too far away to see what's going on um <laughs> i mean i'm totally serious like like i didn't i missed bullion putting the ball through Przingis' legs yeah. like i couldn't see it it was too far away um so um you know i think um i mean that you know Przingis is not Przingis is an interesting bird right we've just never seen it before it's basically a six foot seven player who must be seven three and he's not very mobile, and so Rudy took advantage of it. And I think Rudy had a really good understanding of how to attack Brazingas last night. And uh, I thought Rudy showed a lot of maturity on, on what to do with Brazingas and the different ways to deal with that length because Rudy has very few nights in which he's not the tallest guy on the floor. David Locke joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Is it, I mean, how much of a benefit is it to get two all-stars uh, from, you know, your your mid-market team that sometimes people feel is a little overlooked? I mean, I think it's a huge statement to be able to say, no, if you play well, they're going to find you, and, and you've got two all-stars playing in this game. I think it's it's just so good and so healthy for this organization to be able to, to flaunt that a bit. The, the world's really different, right? Trey Young is in Atlanta, but he's not in a big NBA market. He's not having any problem. Um, Kevin Durant was a superstar uh, and pretty well-known out of Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook, superstar out of Oklahoma City. Giannis, superstar out of Milwaukee. Dame's massive out of Portland. Um, you, you can decide you want to go to a large market now, um, but the benefit of doing it is not the same as what it once was. Um, there's reasons to go change, um, where you are. I mean, if you live in Oklahoma, you should just go somewhere else. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> they say the same about us. Um, so, but I don't think necessarily marquee free agents are moving because of, you know, I, I'm not convinced that Anthony Davis went to the Lakers necessarily because it's LA. He went with LeBron. Um, you know, I think Kevin Durant went to the Bay Area partially because of he claims for all the, you know, he tried to make it sound like he went for all the, you know, internet this and, you know, dot-com that and all these kind of things. He went because of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and they just beat him. And um, I think that's more important 
right now or as important. I do think market matters, right? Like, I do think Kawhi, there's no question that Kawhi and Paul George went to L.A. because it's their hometown and it's the Clippers. But supposedly Kawhi wasn't going without Paul George, so it wasn't that big a lure, right? Like, he was either, he was going somewhere else if Paul George didn't come, whether it was back to Toronto or to the Lakers, I don't know. But, um, I you know, I, I think that that's I think that's worth kind of pointing out that it still takes the other piece. So, David, by the way, do you know Toronto has a better record right now than they did last year at this time? Well, yeah, that fifteen game or fourteen game win streak has helped them. Like incredible. Yeah, that's a that's quite the streak. Really nice win last night too. Um, David, now we've got a fifty three game sample size with the Utah Jazz, and uh, one thing Scotty and I are going to start to discuss in the two o'clock hour is is this kind of more towards the two seed or is this more the four seed or do we see them slip into a five seed? With what you know of these fifty three games in this Utah Jazz team and what we're seeing. Is this more towards the two seed, or is this more towards the four five seed? I don't think I know the answer to the question, but I'll give you a philosophical thought on it. Okay. I think it's going to be we have we what do we have? So fifty three. So we have twenty nine left. Yep. I think these teams are going to win at such a rate that it's going to be really hard to move positioning. So I wouldn't be surprised. I have to look at our schedule, but like if we went twenty and nine. Um, what would that, what, how many wins do we have right now? 34? Yeah. So we'd fin, if we go 20 and 9, we'd finish with 54 wins. That's a pretty good season. Um, if we go 20 and 9, for us to jump to the two seed, someone else has got to go like 17 and 13, right? I don't think that's happening. Hmm. If we go 20 and 9, who, what does Houston have to do to catch us? Go twenty-two and seven. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, right. So, I actually think it's going to be really hard to have movement in these spots because these teams are going to win. The top five teams are going to win at such a high rate. Maybe you know what? Let's call it the top six. Right. I mean, I think in the last twenty-five games, Oklahoma City's eighteen and seven. We probably should just decide to include them in this group too. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Jazz, joining us. Always a pleasure, my friend. Have a great call coming up tomorrow, and look forward to catching up with you again here soon. Thanks, David. All right, go Aggies. Yeah, I like it. There you go, David Locke, voice of the Jazz right here on the Zone Sports Network.